0: for part two of how to start or re-energize your wellness practice. So if you are thinking about starting a wellness practice, or you already have a wellness practice of some kind, and you want to give it a little facelift or give it a little bit of, you know, gas and fuel and fire and kind of wake it back up and re-energize it, you are in the right place. My name is Rhonda Nelson and I am your host of the clinical entrepreneur podcast. And I'm really honored that you're here again with me and you're spending some time just to learn a little bit more about how you can have a super successful practice. That's what I love, love doing as a clinician. I really do love helping other practitioners grow super successful practices. I've been doing it for years, done it myself. I know how to do this and I love helping practitioners. So to recap, if you missed last week, you're definitely going to want to go back and listen to the podcast. It's part one of this topic, but we talked about three, the first three steps in really establishing a really healthy wellness practice. And that was number one, identify your niche. And for all the details, you're going to have to go listen to the podcast, identify your niche. Number two, get on the field, suit up, play the game, start kicking the ball around. Number 3, set your prices as a CEO, not as a practitioner. All right. Now today we're going to cover number 4, 5 and then I've got an extra one for you in the outro because I couldn't leave it out. So this is five ways but really six. So let's look at though number 4. Number 4 has to do with advertising and marketing of course because we have to be able to spread the word about what we're doing so now that you know your niche you it's you're very clear about who you serve you are super clear about your fees you've already got those set up you know for a fact that you can help and you may not know everything and that's okay you really don't have to know everything last week i talked about you know buying a car i said if you are the person that needs to know everything about everything before you make a decision then you should never be driving a car Because you don't know everything about everything in that car. You just know that you get in, turn the key on. It's got a steering wheel, a brake, a gas, and a few things you know about. And then it's enough to get you where you need to go. That's all you have to know to play this game, to get on the field. You just have to know how to turn it on and how to get the car moving. That's all. You don't have to know all the little details. So again, go back last week, listen to the podcast. It's episode rondanelson.com forward slash one Oh four, one Oh four. That will take you to part one of this series. So for now we're talking about how you're going to spread the word. So you already know all the things. Now you just have to get out of your, out of your own way and get out and start talking to people about what you do. Because when you get crystal clear about the transformation that you can make in someone else's life, It makes it so easy to have those kinds of conversations. It's like me talking to you about, let's say female hormones. Listen, that was my specialty. And I kind of fell into it. It was probably by accident, but it ended up working really well. And it's why I built such a successful practice because it's what I became known for. I just became known for the female hormone person. And then it ended up. Well, kind of leaking over into thyroid because the thyroid had so much to do with female hormones. So then I got expert at thyroid and then I found out all these women had digestive problems. And so then I got really, really good at that, but I didn't have to be good at all the things. I just knew what I was really good at and what I had a passion about. So then that made it so easy for me to talk to people about that. And so when I would meet someone who is complaining about being bloated with her period, I might say, did you know that dandelion leaf can really help with that? No, I go. Yeah, I just had a patient this last week or two weeks ago, and I had get it. And I tell them the story, and there's no way. Well, can I work with you? Sure. Here's my card, or or you know, give me your number and I'll call you. Whatever, right? What's your email? I'll email you. All I did was just make a casual mention, but I'm so passionate about it. I was ready to go with the response when she said what she said to me. So when you are crystal clear about the transformation that you can give that person, it's so much easier to have conversations. So you're going to just have conversations with as many people as you can, because you never know where that next patient is going to come from. You don't know. Don't get yourself locked into just thinking social media is going to be your answer because it's probably not. We're going to talk about that later, but don't get locked into just one thing. You got to cast your net wide, my friend. So the first place you start is with your friends. Make sure that your friends know, make a general post on your Facebook page and just say, Hey friends, just want to let you know, this is what I'm doing. I've started to do this. This is what my focus is. And I love doing this because I've already had some success with it. This is what I love. I love helping people with digestive issues or thyroid or whatever your niche is. So this is like, if you listen to last week's podcast, this is like your lemonade stand sign. This is your lemonade stand. This is what you want to be known for. So ask for referrals, ask them if you know of anyone, that's all. You don't have to say, I'd really like it if you give me a referral. I sound like Napoleon Dynamite. I love that movie, by the way. Side note. (laughs) Anyway, you want to say, hey, listen, if you know anyone who has foot problems or joint problems or fertility issues, I would be more than happy to talk with them more than happy. So please send them my way. I would really appreciate it. There's nothing about that. That sounds like I'm being salesy. I don't know. Did that sound salesy to you? I hope not because it's really out of my authentic passion. I really, I know I can help people. So it doesn't feel to me like I'm selling anything. I'm just saying, listen, I'd be happy to help you. Because people want to know that you are in it for them. It's the with them. What's in it for me? The patients want to know that it's about them. It's not about you. Newsflash. Nobody cares about where you graduated, what your GPA was, or what sororities or whatever you were in. They don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody asks you for your GPA. Nobody asks you for where you graduated, summa cum, whatever. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. They don't even know how to pronounce all that. They just want to know that you can help solve their problem. So when you start talking to people and getting the word out about what you do, you just talk about how you solve the problem. That's all. And it's not salesy or slimy or anything. You can strike up a conversation in line while you're standing in line. It could be at the grocery store, at Costco, or, you know, at a game, or I don't know, just strike up a conversation. You don't have to come right out and say, are you having hemorrhoid problems? Please don't do that. Don't, don't ever do that. You just strike up some general conversation, any conversation, almost always someone will say, well, what do you do? Or, you know, you can ask them, what do you do? Like it just it let the conversation evolve, but it will come up and then use stories. So one of the ways that you can, as I mentioned before, you just start telling a story like, oh, I just helped somebody with dandelion root. I mean, dandelion leaf, uh, resolve their bloating. And it was amazing. It just worked so good. So whatever it might be, you just talk, just tell your story. So uh, next week on the podcast, next week, I have an interview with someone who this is exactly what she did. She started over. She moved out of state. She started over. She started a brand new practice in a new state. She didn't know anyone. And within a month or two, she had more people than she know what, knew what to do with. And it was all because she used stories because our brains are wired for stories. We're wired to want to know the story. We want to get involved in the story. That's why movies work because we want to know the story. She just uses stories. And then she had people saying, well, can I work with you? Can I work with you? Can I work with you? Because through the story, the person is able to see themselves. It's not me saying I can help you with your link. The person identifies with the person in the story, right? The potential patient identifies in the story and then they know you helped the person in the story, or you know how to help the person in the story. And they're like, well, then can I help? Will you work with me? It's so easy and non-salesy. So make the conversation about them and not about you, as I mentioned, and then always provide value. Like I'm not ever afraid to tell someone, you know, this is what I would recommend. You know, you, a chase tree can be really helpful for, you know, uh, whatever. So breast tenderness right around your period. But be careful where you get it because not all chase trees are alike. And many of them don't have the right phytochemical, phytochemical um, profile in them. So they won't affect a change. So if you've ever tried chase tree and you go, eh, I've tried, that doesn't work it's because you didn't get the right type. So that's, you just want to be really careful with that. Well, what's their response going to be? Oh, well, where, where do I get the good stuff? Well, you're talking to the right person because I can help you get that handled. So you see, it's just a very generic, but I provided value. I said, be careful because there's a lot of stuff on the market that doesn't work. So strike up that conversation. You, my friend have, in my opinion, you really have an obligation to not keep your greatness to yourself because you don't want to bother anyone or you don't want to feel salesy. You don't want it to come across that way or feel egocentric it's not about you. It's about the transformation that only you can provide for someone who desperately needs your help. They're in the river. They're looking for the lemonade stand to solve the problem. They want to buy your lemonade. They want to buy your lemonade, but they don't know where to find you because you're out here trying to serve everybody in the middle of the desert with your little lemonade stand that says, I help everyone feel better today by optimal optimizing your health. If that's what your website says, friend, I'm sorry. I love you, but listen, if your website says that your, your lemonade stands way out in the dang desert, it's so far out there. People with problems aren't going to find it because they're in the river swimming and fighting for their lives and their health. And they are looking for the lemonade stand that says, I help ankle people. I help people who roll their ankles on the dock of the Marina. Like I did. I would have been swimming over to that lemonade stand. How fast can I give you my money? How fast can you help me? Cause I, my ankle hurts and I need help. So don't pitch your lemonade stand out in the middle where you're helping everyone optimize their health and live a healthy lifestyle. You're in the desert friend. So maybe you have a website. You probably need to be listening to this because you need to re-energize your practice. We need to get, some, we need to get a facelift on that website. Oh, I could talk about this for a long time. Marketing. Love it. Okay. So that's number four, advertising, getting the word out there. Oh, and one thing I forgot is don't forget to just, you know, make sure that you're staying active, like on your social media, on your own personal page and just saying, Hey, I worked with someone this week that a testimonials, I worked with someone this week and this is what happened. They came in with blank, blank and blank. And we did a few things and within about a couple, within, you know, four to six weeks or six to eight weeks, whatever the time frame is, they were remarkably better and I'm so excited for them. That's all. You're not saying I helped someone resolve their blank by blank because I did this and I did that. No, 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 no. You're sharing that testimonial. It's back to the story, but you're sharing it in a way where you have eyeballs that are looking. You don't know who's going to tag who on a post or who's going to share that post or save that post or screen share that screen, copy that post. I don't know. You don't know where your next lead's going to come from. So don't underestimate the power of the social networks that you already have. All right. So that was number four, advertising, marketing. Number five is going to shock you. You're going to, you're probably, some of you more astute listeners may have been wondering this, but number five is going to be a bit of a surprise and I, it's intentional that I leave it to the end. And here it is. It's number five in our series of how to start or re-energize a wellness practice is to gather together your paperwork. Oh, Can you believe it? It's number five. You would think that this would be one of the number one things like right up there with, you know, starting before you even get started, you have to have your paperwork in place. Well, that's intentionally why I left it as number five, because here's what happens. I've watched myself do this and I've seen countless practitioners do this. They get busy with these kinds of details. And it's an excuse to keep them from getting started. I see you. I see you perfectionists out there. I know you're there. I know you're there because what happens is we spend so much time working on the details that it's an excuse psychologically. Cause we're scared. We got imposter syndrome talking, We think we don't know enough, we're not ready, I'm not ready. If I had a dollar for every time I heard, well, I'm just not ready, I could retire by now. It's the number one excuse I hear. Well, I'm just not ready, or I just don't know enough, or I don't have it all prepared. No, 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 no. So here's what you need, the minimum you need to talk to somebody. You, by law, you do have to have a privacy practices notice, which is HIPAA, right? You can get that online. Just get it, type it up have the thing where they sign off that says, I received a copy. They never want the copy, but at least you offered, I was offered and declined a copy or I received a copy. However you want to word it doesn't matter. You need that. And then you need some kind of a simple, basically a release form. It's just basically saying, this is a service that I provide. You understand I am not a medical doctor. I am not licensed as a medical doctor and I am providing you wellness and nutritional services something to that degree. And I have an example for you in the show notes. Okay. So in the show notes, a very, very, very basic example, of course, you need to make sure that it's compliant with all local state and federal laws. So you may want to seek an attorney or have your attorney look at it, or I would, I would definitely do that. I think that's the one place when you're setting up a practice that you do need to make sure that you have good legal coverage there. But other than that, you can just need that in your HIPAA notice, And then you're good. Your new patient paperwork is the, now you can start working on it kind of as you go. So most of the time, what I see is practitioners will start and think, oh, well, I have to build this, you know, 47 page new patient intake. No, you don't. You do not have to do that. All you need to do is get basic information from them. You can even start with what are the top five complaints? I have one form and that's all that it is. Give me your top five chief complaints. What are the symptoms that are most bothering you right now? And they may only have one or two, which is fine, or they may fill out all fine. And then I ask them to prioritize them. In other words, this is my number one priority. Number two, number three, four, five. And sometimes that's all that I need. And then I can go start asking more questions. Well, tell me about when did that start? When was the last time you felt well, you know, what was the thing that happened to the onset You know, what? I can ask all those questions during the appointment. I don't have to spend all this time creating this new, extensive, new patient paperwork. So I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying save it for the last. You have all those other things that you can do. You have to choose your niche. You got to get on the field and start playing. You got to set your prices as a CEO. You got to start talking about what you're doing. And then you can be building these forms on the back end. but people get it reversed. They're like, I don't want to do anything until my forms are done. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. So if you're using software like Practice Better, you can create those intake forms as you go. You can go in and modify them, add to them, delete, change. Nothing is set in stone, especially if you're setting them up digitally, which I do recommend. But they're super easy to do. And then for those of you that are saying, well, what if I don't have all the right questions? I know I can hear you. Well, I, I, what if it's not comprehensive enough? Or what if I don't have everything right? Okay, look, I got you. In the show notes, you will find my list of intake questions. It's quite extensive. They're quite extensive, but you can download the list of questions. They are in the show notes. All you have to do is go click on the link and request the download. I will send it to you. And then you can have this comprehensive list of intake questions. You can pick and choose whichever ones you want, create them in your own form, practice better, Jane, whatever you want to do, any other kind of digital, you know, software that's HIPAA compliant or secure. The other thing, if you're on a budget, the other thing that you can do is you can use, we use Acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y, Acuity Scheduling. And Acuity has the ability to let you, you can actually add forms so that when they schedule and they get the confirmation email, it'll include the forms with it. So that can be, and it's HIPAA compliant. I think at the time of this recording, uh, it's $34 a month. So it's a little less expensive if you're just getting started and you're on a budget, but if you already have a practice management software like Jane or practice better, I love practice better. You can just build them right in there. So you can go download the list of that very basic liability release of liability or terms form, but don't use it without legal counsel. Do not use it without legal counsel. Get it, take it, look at it, review it, have your attorney review it and make sure that it's applicable for your state and your licensure and then get the list of intake questions as well. I have got you covered on that. So, all right we did it. These are the five things that you need to start your wellness practice or give an existing wellness practice, a little juice and a shot in the arm to get it revved back up and revitalized. And I think so often we get stuck thinking we need to market, market, market. I just need more new people, more new people, more new people. When it might be that you, you may need to talk about your services and what you do differently. But I think very often that practices start to kind of wither or really get on the struggle bus, getting new people because they don't have a niche. So I would recommend go back. If you haven't go back and listen to last week's episode, get numbers one, two, and three down, then come back, re-listen to this episode, which is episode one Oh five. So RhondaNelson.com forward slash one Oh five, which is part two of how to start or re-energize your wellness practice. So go to the show notes, grab the list of intake questions, grab that super basic medical disclaimer, but do not use it until you've had it reviewed by an attorney, which it will need modified because it's just an example. And then let's make it rain friend. It's time. The world needs what you do. So don't hide it under a rock. Don't do that. Don't wait until you have it all. You know it all. You have all the forms. You have all the things because that's never going to happen. Otherwise, you should be walking around on foot and not driving a car, right? So just go get in the game. Start playing. I got your back. All right. Take care. See ya. All right, friend, I told you that I kind of had six things. So I gave you five steps, but there's one more, and you're probably wondering why I did not mention it more specifically. And that is social media. And that's for good reason, because yes, I believe that it's very important that you have a presence on social media, whether you like it or not, it's where your ideal people are. However, this is kind of like the forms we end up spending Too much time trying to figure out our quote social media strategy and how to get found or how to show up on millions of feeds across the world. And I want to have an international practice. It's a complete waste of time. What we want to use social media for is to just establish credibility that you're posting regularly and that your posts are valuable. And if your niche is fertility, then you've got posts that relate to fertility. That's what people are looking for. You are never gonna grow a whole practice on social media unless you pay to play and you're on that thing with a very clear strategy for three, four hours a day. And ain't nobody got time for that. So better, what I want you to do is instead of using social media, social media as like a psychological escape hatch to prevent you from getting on the field and playing the game, right? Getting in, starting your practice, doing the thing, talking about what you do, choose your niche, get clear about who you serve and how you can make that transformation in their life. What I just want you to do is think about how you can use social media just as a way to create and verify and build your credibility, because here's what a lot of people are using social media for right now. And then I'm going to get off the subject. I promise I've got some links in the show notes about, um, other ways that you can grow your practice. But for now, what people are using social media for is to really verify someone, a business, so let's say you're looking for someone to help you with um hair growth. So many of you know my story. I lost my hair last year when I had COVID. I lost 80% of my hair. What you see now, if you're watching on YouTube, is my short curly hair that's growing out and it's a weird texture, but it's slowly, slowly starting to come back, go back to its normal. But for right now, I got little twingy things that stick out everywhere and I don't care. It's just who I am. But if I was looking for someone to help me with my hair. Right, I'm gonna look. I might search online and find a website. I think, oh, okay. I see this website. It might look a little dated, and it might have a little bit of you know weird pictures or uh, you know link maybe that doesn't work or something. But I always am gonna go to social media and check their social media page. If they don't have one, that's that's a mark for me. I think, oh hey, wait a minute, this person doesn't even have a social media page. What's the deal? Then I'll check Instagram, Facebook or Instagram. And if they're not there, then in my mind, I'm thinking this may not be a legit practice. This I mean, practice a business and people will think the same thing. They may. So just make sure that you have a social media that you're posting regularly, that you just, you're just getting something up there and that it's speaking to who you're talking to with your lemonade stand, right? You've got the lemonade stand and uh, shout out, big, big shout out to James Wedmore because this was his, um, analogy. And I loved it, but you want your lemonade stand, your content to verify and support that lemonade stand. And when you do that, people are going to go, Oh yeah, look at that post three times a week. I see these posts are current. They don't, you don't want them to go to your social media page. And the last time you posted was in like 2017. That's a bad plan. You just want to keep it current. Doesn't matter if anybody interacts likes, follows comments, doesn't matter. The fact that you're on it and you're posting regularly is all that matters. So, okay. Don't forget resources are in the show notes. Don't forget they're too good to pass up. And as always, if you want help, if you'd like to go deeper with me and you want to know how to start your practice or re-energize your practice, all you have to do is go to rondanelsoncom forward slash strategy and schedule that 15 minute call. It's completely free. And when you and I are finished, you'll have at least two practical ideas or action steps that will get you closer to moving in the right direction and you'll know where to go from there. So that's it. Go to RhondaNelson.com forward slash strategy, check out the show notes and be sure if you missed last week's episode that you go back and check that out too. That's Rondanelson.com forward slash one Oh four. So it's part one of our series. All right. La, la 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 enough. That's it. I'll be back with you next week with a special episode from my friend, Kimberly Potter, a registered nurse who is going to show you and teach you how she uses the power of stories to build her practice. So don't miss next week's episode. All right. Take care.